hello and welcome to another episode of Product Plus, the podcast where we bring you authentic, in-depth talks with product managers, founders, and business experts across Asia Pacific. I'm your host, Ben Byrne, and our mission here is simple but impactful, to empower and inspire the next generation of product leaders with real stories and actionable insights. If you're passionate about product management, strategy, and business growth, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Product Plus podcast. Uh, today, I'm joined by Mandar Kalikar. He's been in the product space for more than 15 years. He's a co-founder of Product Rocket, uh, a product consulting company that's been helping companies uh, level up their product management and product skills. Um, Manda, welcome to the Hi. show. Thanks, Ben. Nice to be here. Now, many people don't necessarily uh, plan to end up in the product space. They just land in it. Yep. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, just like everyone else, really. Um, I mean, I've done plenty of training sessions where often I open with the question, you know, how did you get here? Not not necessarily into this training room, but um, how did you get into product management or how are you interested in product management? And I, I mean, I can I can count on my hand the number of answers that were like I, it was planned uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was um often it's like yeah you know i, I i've seen others do it I, I knew about the role i saw my colleagues you know talking to customers and and strategizing with uh, leadership and it just sounded like an exciting space mm. uh, or you know the answers were like i was doing i was doing my job essentially the the, the, the remit of that job extended out to different different roles I played. Yeah. Um, the more I did, essentially, uh, got me closer and closer to being qualified for product management. So really, it's uh, similar to my background as well. It, I, I started in engineering, went into uh, business analysis. So again, as, a, as an engineer, just writing lines of code day on day and night, <laughs> coming back to the next line of code was daunting, uh, even yeah. though I felt like I was adding values, adding the value for and you kind of need that 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 feedback loop for motivation for for drive and so I'm like you know I need to get back I need to get closer to the to the root of the problem here mm. um, I'm I like talking to people I like uh, getting out into the field so I was like okay well what's the next real step back in the day there wasn't sort of um, to show my age but yeah it sort of wasn't some of the best product practices and roles and wasn't formed as such so the real next thing you could do that was slightly closer was biz ba you know start writing specs sure. you write yeah. specs you're sort of translating them from user requirements okay so that was that was okay as well but again it was very pres prescriptive um i was trained uh, formally trained as or certified as a product uh, as a scrum master before i even knew what scrum was <laughs> i um, realized that you know um Agile and Scrum uh, and the roles of product owner were becoming a thing, and my role sort of I shifted. I made sure I shifted my role from BA to PO. I did PO for a number of years, inwardly managing the backlog, you know, up to my neck in user stories, mm. um, just facilitating the, the you know the right the things to do in the right way to do them. Uh, and then really it was it was sort of like same as everybody else understanding what got to getting a hint what product management was and really thinking i need to go upstream here uh, i need to go up market i need to really start to get uh my foot into making decisions based on real problems 
based on opportunity. So, you know, it's go it's where the money is, it's where the solutions are, it's where the satisfaction to directly to customers is. Uh, it's just a more exciting space. But again, you know, careful what you wish for. So. <laughs> Here yeah, we are. I find it quite interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned at the start just that you were in the engineering space and, you know, you didn't really feel that you were connected to what you were delivering or, you know, who it was being used by and why it was being used. And I think that's uh, a really important note that, you know, is becoming more important to product people these days yeah. of going, oh, we have to get the whole team on board with the like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think is just slowly, become, you know, it's slowly becoming a, a skill set of the product people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly product owners, product managers, uh, you know, what's the motivation here? Like, why does this matter? Why does that line of code matter to this project? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, so, so as a consultant, you're going, I go into organizations and I'm there to add value. Now, whether that's I'm adding something new or I'm optimizing what they already have. Mm. Uh, and you know that could be mindset, it could be the processes, it could be a it could be a specific tool uh, that I either introduce or optimize. Often, um, it's at a, at, a, at a macro level, the highest value I've added to any organization is through instilling purpose. So just doing more with what they have, mm-hmm. the same processes, the same people with the same tools can actually have greater outputs if they're motivated by what they do. Sure. Um, and it sounds wishy-washy, maybe <laughs> too theoretical, but trust me, um, if you can go into a team, and it, they don't have to be demotivated. They they could be a motivated team, but there is always more, you know. And that's mm. how do you actually do that? How do you get people to care, get out of bed, you know, care about what they do, go into work with purpose, celebrate the wins together, uh, you know, learn from the failures together? It, it's it's um. It, it, it's just small adjustments at a time. Yeah. Actually, it, it's about alignment. Yeah. And, you know, the sense I'm getting that literally doubles down on something I've heard from several others as I've been interviewing. Uh, it, it's mindset, right? How do yeah. you create that culture of motivation and a mindset around, you know, we're not just trying to deliver this one thing and then we're done. It's like yeah. it's always going to be a grind. It's always going to be a churn. How do yeah. we kind of create sustained energy? Yeah, absolutely. Building products is 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 hard. It's really really difficult. If it was easy, we'd be product managers would be billionaires. Um, <laughs> you know, we would just simply take these ideas that we've written down on our phones uh, and and take them to market. There are so many potholes on that you know that road to to success. Yeah, if you ever find it. What do you what do you see as kind of the biggest problem in product today that most organizations struggle with? Um, there's, uh, I don't know, biggest problem, it's sort of understanding, aligning, uh, aligning where you want to go. So what your goals are as a business, as a product team, as a representation of the customers, what, where is it that you want to go and the alignment between what will take you there. Mm. There is nothing worse than putting good people on the wrong things. And so this isn't necessarily about prioritization. It plays a key part in all of this, but it's ultimately about discovering the list of things that you could possibly do that will get you into the right direction. That, that means adding value in the right direction. Um, adding value in the wrong direction is, is, just as, is, is worse than just doing nothing at all. Mm. And so, um, you know, you have that gap. I mean, it, the, the larger the organization, the bigger the gap, 
but there is um, and it's sort of and, and that's sort of the nature of the game. But it's understanding uh, business directions, understanding company goals with the trenches, the initiatives that will take you there fastest <clears throat> with the highest value. And I suppose that's where there is a bit of art and science, right? There's only so many frameworks that can help you that you can slap on something and <laughs> and you know decide the best path to take. At yeah. some point, you got to go with your gut, right? The frameworks are just that. It's a it's a it's a guidance tool, <clears throat> a frame. You know, you you can't live in a frame uh, if that's your house. There is still everything else you need to to put into it, the foundations of furniture. You know, to make it a home, it's even the next level. But um, it is is it's it's a it's a guiding principle. I think you have to know your theory, whether it's frameworks, methodologies, playbooks. You know, there there are there are unlimited resources at our, mm. at our disposal at the moment um you do need to understand the theory but very quickly learn to adapt to it or even break it um to you know to suit everything has context um so you know it, it's best not to be too pres prescriptive um, if it works for you then go with it and, and I, yeah it's really interesting one where you go from a company in startup phase through to scale up and through to maybe enterprise you know, I think we've all seen those who struggle to implement processes. You know, they're you know they're at scale, but they're they're kind of very uh, all over the place. You know, data's flowing everywhere. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing ad hoc. Um, what do you think the role there of you know as they organizations make that transition from startup to to scale up? You know, mm. How how much framework and process and playbook should they bring in? Yeah, it, it should. It generally does go from, I wouldn't say chaos to calm, but uh, sort of chaos to order uh, gradually. As you do get from introduction to growth to maturity, at some point you find market fit, you, then the things you have to worry about are how do you continuously innovate, add value and stay focused to your customer needs rather than the early hustle, which is just like um, finding those customers, validating your market, experimentation, prototyping, getting out there, making connections and networking and, and really sort of trying to position yourself, your brand. There are so many things that, you you, you know, let alone the, the, the financials, um, there are so many things that are uncertain at the beginning. Um, and there's so many directions that you can or and maybe even should go mm. until you find that fit that it is chaos and no matter no amount of structure or frameworks that you introduce at the beginning if they aren't sort of going out the door or being rapidly adjusted you're probably doing it wrong right yeah you got to adapt you got to change for the context right absolutely yeah mm. Yeah. Have you um, found that's been your experience with Product Rocket as well? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, we there's, there's sort of, I, I often talk about deliberate strategy and emerging strategy. Everybody, and this is why strategy is not a document, it's not a plan on a page, it's not something that's tangible. It is a mm. continuous process of understanding your the dynamics of your market and adjusting, micro adjusting to them. So, um, yeah, look, absolutely. There is a, you know, a path forward to what good looks like. But on that path, if you learn to that you need a pivot, by all means, do that. And so from the, you know, we've been doing this for five years um, uh, as Product Rocket. 
and we've gone in multiple different directions. We've seen the market react to our services, our, our product offerings, uh, and we've doubled down on those. Those that we found that haven't worked for us, we've shifted gears and moved to other revenue opportunities. Mm. Similar, I mean, yes, we're a service company, uh, you know, it's more of a traditional business, uh, and the customers we serve might be digital SaaS products or platforms. Same concepts, different game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's those million mini micro decisions you have to make every day that I think that's where vision becomes so important. You know, it's like, we just need to know which direction we're going. And, you know, hopefully, as we're making a 1000 different decisions every day, it's taking us closer that way rather than kind of taking us off on a tangent. Correct. That's exactly Mm. right. If you don't know where you're going, um, any direction is right. So you 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 have to i mean there's 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 sort of two important things in any team any successful team it's have a light create a goal um whether it's north star vision uh objectives somewhere to head towards rationalize why even co-create even better Mm. and make sure that your teams are aligned to it so if there's a clear direction and you're the you're essentially the, the motivator, the reminder for where that, where that, where we're going. Um, great, you know, play that role as a PM. But, but that is critical. Actually, having that in place, and the other is creating a culture where it's okay to try, it's okay to fail. It's as long as it's in the right direction. If you fail in the right direction, you just you're just taking one option out that's going to get you towards that success. So, um, you know, it's creating a culture of like psychological safety, getting people to feedback, getting people to ideate, um, creating a, a, a culture of discovery at scale. Everybody puts the product, everybody wears the product hat with, you know, with the product mindset. And mm. in that way, um, you get a ton of ideas, a ton of, a ton of feedback, and then you can take those to initiatives, which then ultimately some of those will will give you the highest value. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, that, that's fascinating. The connection between like motivation and culture, because mm. uh, you know, like I think for everyone we're, operates in different ways, right? And mm. trying to fit into a culture or finding a culture where you can kind of really thrive looks a little different for everyone. Have you had an experience where you've maybe, you know? Uh, hmm. tried to fit a culture to a space or, you know, is it, how do, you, how do you go about that? How do you create culture around product management that's really effective? Because mm. it can be a grind, right? Re- yeah, it, absolutely. Um, I, haven't, I haven't faced too many problems creating a culture of success uh, at an organization, just probably because I have a, a, a practiced method, maybe an approach that, that works for me and thus works for the teams. But I have been in teams where the culture has been terrible. Mm. Uh, and generally, it's down to psychological safety. Uh, and you know you can pair that up with the toxicity. So where organizations are the most successful, and we've worked with 50 plus organizations in the last five years. So I've seen what good looks like across large enterprises, scale-ups, startups, across every industry. Those that are the most successful 
if if you walk the the, the factory floor, essentially within these offices, uh, there is one alignment in terms of a general direction of where the business is going. Two, there's an intimate understanding of their customers so empathy uh, customers are, are often showcased their feedback is displayed on walls the pain that they that they they be, that you as the product the you as the product function or your product is causing them is often uh, talked about openly uh, in alignment between customer success and product these are the organizations where you can there is no such thing as a dumb question um, mm. people w will be okay with being the dumbest person in the room asking for clarification <laughs> and clarity these are the organ the most successful organizations encourage people to speak up even if even if it's not the right if it's not the right idea the right initiative the best the best thought in the room um, because then then people care people 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 feel like they're adding value and then mm. that drives that continues to drive purpose. The other side, uh, where you have siloed organizations, you have um, you know sort of like teams, uh, individuals working independently. It's because they don't feel safe to speak up, to celebrate, to talk about their failures, to learn from them, to discuss, to openly ask for feedback. And that's when you get a sort of a disparate product. You get multiple directions that the that the, the product goes in, and ultimately mm. impact the customers. And so find, seek the, the toxicity. Now, I'm not saying that's individuals. It could be processes. It could be, be teams. Um, mm. And find that friction and iron it out. And that's a leadership. That's a real leadership role and trait. Mm. Often, often it's, a, it's a problem uh, in terms of skill as product, manage go to, product managers go to product leaders. It's things like these. It's the ability to manage people, teams, and actually help them succeed that is lacking. You can be a very good product manager, but it doesn't necessarily make you a good product leader because the mm. gap is people, and people are yeah. insanely hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. People are complex. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think like you've called that empathy. Like That's so critical to leadership, right? Empathy for customers to make sure the product goes in the right direction, but empathy for the team and the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I guess that's like when you talk about, you know, a culture where it's safe to fail and, you know, everyone feels comfortable sharing their voice and their perspectives. Uh, I suppose you need to almost move away from kind of authoritarian leadership and to other types of leadership that are maybe more inspiring and invigorating, a type that removes barriers rather than kind of pushes to deliver certain key outcomes. Um, would, yeah. would you agree that uh, like a supportive culture is more important than a performance culture and that supportive will result in performance? Hmm. Yeah. What, you know, how do you feel yeah, about it? There's a balance. Yeah. I guess there's a balance. You, you kind of, you do need both. You need, uh, you actually... From the let's say from the top down, you need people that are passionate about what they do. It doesn't matter what size of organization. I've worked with some incredible, uh, incredibly large companies with founders, C-suite, at the that's essentially the top of the the game in in, in leadership that are passionate, mm. that are hugely charismatic, that not necessarily get into the weeds, into the trenches of what is being done. Um, but show that they care, they reflect on the things that are uh, that are produced, whether it's a product feature, an update, whatever, an enhancement, an iteration. Um, they care about the results from that, whether it's a whether it's a fail or a success. They acknowledge mm. it, 
And as a result, it just sort of, it, it, it aligns those that are executing and those that are essentially facilitating, you know, operating in terms of where we need to go. Right. Um, yeah. Hugely important to, to bridge that gap, to do it with, with charisma, um, to do it in, in such a way that it continues to motivate your teams. Yeah, charisma. I like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and then that, I guess, gets into the art of it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. the science is the, you know, creating a, a culture of processes that are supportive, that work for everyone, that are open and collaborative. And I guess the, the art is, you know, how do you motivate, inspire, uh, you know, drive a clear vision when, you know, the environment is uncertain. Um, yeah, look, okay. for sure. I know you touched on art and science before. And, and so yeah, look, there's art and science from a leadership perspective. There's art and science as a, as a business, as a, as a team. Uh, and then there's like art and science, so the, the, the balance and dynamics of it as a product manager. Absolutely. Uh, as a product manager, the, 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 that, that, is a, that is a key balancing act. You need, to, you need to understand, like you need to be almost obsessive. Uh, and again, that's my opinion. Maybe it's a bit too far, uh, but about <laughs> your metrics, you know, don't, if you do something and you can't measure the impact of what you did, what, what, like, how do you know you, how do you know it was the right thing to do? How mm. do you know it can be improved on? How do you know it can go the other way? Um, you, you, if you can't measure what you've done, um, it's almost, it's almost, uh, you know, counterproductive because yeah, you can't, you can't sort of prove whether you can continue with that or not. Mm. And so, yeah, obsessively measure, understand, you know, whether it's call and quant data, uh, keep, you know, keep, keep close to your customers and your analytics, put those in place in the tooling, but also rely on gut feel, rely on alignment with customer needs mm. align on your own teams through workshops and motivate empower and drive purpose yeah wow that's that's powerful very <laughs> powerful <laughs> i think just the the fact that it gives you a sense of control right yeah when you've got a metric you feel like you're somewhat in control if nothing else you've got something that tells you are you going forwards or backwards yeah yeah, yep. yeah exactly right <clears throat> Yeah, great. Now you're a family man too, so I guess uh, product comes home sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Probably, maybe product lives at home too much, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you, how you kind of manage? Yeah, the balance there. <laughs> My wife's the balance. Uh, <laughs> like, stop productizing this. Um, yeah, I tend to. I mean, I've, I've written a bunch of LinkedIn posts about how work creeps into. Well. It's not necessarily work. Um, product, the product mindset sounds, sounds cliche, a bit dumb, but like, yeah, you kind of like, you're constantly thinking about it. You know, you're, you're always, you're sort of out there. Like when you care about what you do, whether you're a consultant, you're an employee for a company, whether you've been there for a short or long time, you're sort of always on. It's that type of role. Um, you know, you're looking for, you're thinking about value because that's, value is continuous. You know, there is always, mm -hmm. Uh, opportunities that could be found, thought about, idea discussed, workshopped, um, 
and then those in turn turn into value. But it, it's it's sort of this always on nature of the game, knowing your market, looking at the news, looking at the factors that could influence your customers, your business, your product, whether it's new technology trends, politics, um, you know, fun, ec- economics. It could be, um, you know, something that you've read or heard. It could be a conversation at a barbecue that would, could lead you to think, hey, you know what, I, we might do this. It could be mm. articles. It's this sort of work. Even if you can't bring work home, um, it's sort of, it's the nature of the game that if you if you if you're looking to, if you're looking to apply what you know to what you do for for greater success, yeah, it's 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 hard to escape it. Yeah, what, one of the things I found challenging having kids for the first time was you really do want to project manage it. You've got your roadmap. You're kind of looking forward to where they're going to be in a year's time. What's the long term vision? And it, it's really hard to pull back and go. You know what? I just have to be there to support them, and that's one hundred percent. You take it, a leadership role, right? Honestly, it is the hardest product to manage. <laughs> It pays off, though. You know it's going to be a successful product. That's the win. That's right. It's a a ton of effort for very, you know, little early value with a long return on investment and just sort of, um, you know, unmanageable stakeholders and and, and (laughs) chaos. But yeah, sure. Yeah, you got to influence every stakeholder all the time, 24-7 to get dressed, to eat their food. (laughs) That's correct. All right. Look, we're, we're coming close to the end of our show today. So I've got uh, 10 rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, sure. uh, feel free to give a couple of words as an answer or just one word. It's up to you. Uh, let's go. Uh, your riskiest bet. Has it paid off or failed? Failed. Failed. Oh, okay. We might just actually need a couple more words on that. Want to give it <laughs> a, a little more context? Yeah. Uh, risky. Risk. And I, look, I, I can't give names and specifics. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've taken plenty of risks in my own ideas. Mm. There's sort of so many things I could do, or I could do for clients and customers, or even you know past employers. The risk comes from not being prepared, mm. uh, uh, and and to de-risk is to apply the process of discovery. Discovery creates learning learning de-risks what you're about to do and so if you skip those early stages of um understanding your customers their needs validation prototyping iteration um understanding that it's always going to be a bet but we're a little bit less it's a little bit less risky because of everything we've learned now i've worked with clients before where time and budget are critical Mm. and the, the 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 fail when I say fail, because of high risk, has been because um, either of, as a as a as a lack of my own understanding and authority, or just by the the constraints of the the business, we cut corners and mm. it failed. Yeah, like uh, spectacularly, you know, as you as you've seen for years and years before product management, or um, you know, was a thing. Uh, you know, it's waterfall, like pre-agile. It's um, yeah. from sit in a boardroom, think about an idea, write a business case, um, get the resources together, time, budget, money, people, etc. cetera, uh, build it out, get it in front of a customer and nobody wants it. That's all right. $10 million two years later. Mm. Um, we shouldn't be doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess that that pivots well into the next question. <laughs> I think I might know the answer. Uh, quick wins or the long game? Uh, quick wins. Quick wins. Well, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um, the long game. The long game will always be. The, the always the, the long game always has to be played. But without the quick wins along the way, uh, again, you, you're not you're not you're not sort of applying the principles of time to value. Mm. Yeah. How do you get to the long game without a, a few quick wins? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, workaholic confession. Yes or no? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm here. Um, not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it all adds up. It, it checks out. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's your uh, What's your best life hack? Oh, um, big or small? Yeah, life hack. <laughs> Just literally hack my way through life um, when it wakes yeah. up. <laughs> When it comes to keeping the kids happy, uh, look, that's that's sort of like, yeah, uh, get outside, basically. Try and get outside as much as possible. It it it, uh, it helps the mind. It, mm. it it reboots the system uh, because so much of what we do is inside. Yeah, get into nature. Yeah, getting get into nature. Yeah, absolutely. I try and do that as much as possible. Okay, uh, and this next question is maybe a little unnatural, but um, Musk or Zuck, who would win in a fight? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Zach, you could, yeah. You could, yeah. There's, there's so many obvious reasons. Uh, not he's just training for training. training. He's... <laughs> he was the first. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. For you, what are what are your must-have product management tools uh, out of Jira, Asana, or Trello? Ooh. Uh, I mean, yeah, Jira for delivery. Out of those three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's yeah. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, well, they also own Trello, um, which is Jira, sort of like a, a more elaborated Trello board, I guess. Uh, and Asana's you like to be in the deep end. Yeah, <laughs> Asana's good as well, but I see it more as a project management tool. In which category, Monday.com um, is awesome. Mm, great, thank you. Uh, best products, product analytics tool: Mixpanel, Amplitude, or, or GA. Ooh, tough question because we partner with <laughs> we partner with all all. <laughs> you yeah. can uh, you can skip that one if you like. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, look, uh, look. I will say amplitude and mixed panel, mm. the best. The fact that you've asked that question, you've already highlighted the top of the game. Um, full story should really be in there as well. Uh, but look, uh, it, it's it's about what you what you want to do. You know, some are easier on visualization and dashboards, instrumentation. Some mm. offer like workflows like 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 uh, user activity streams others are you know easier to to scale i guess so all of them are great all of them okay great all three uh do you have an instant burnout cure that works for you beer <laughs> no, yeah. uh, <laughs> beer in nature <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go outside and drink <laughs> this is going the wrong this is going terrible um Instant burnout cure. Uh, my wife like, says, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, it's, it sounds ridiculous. I don't think I've ever burned out. I haven't let myself get to that. Or maybe I just have a high pain threshold. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I will take on less, you know, there isn't, there isn't a strategy. I think I know when I'm, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm under pressure. I've taken on too much. You know, I've played, um, you know, product management is hard in itself. In the early, you know, we're talking about the early days of, I don't know, this is quick fire. Sorry. 
No, uh, that's okay. I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the early days of like Product Rocket, you know, when you're sort of starting off a business, um, you want to prove and validate that you're good for what you do. You want to show high value, quick, quick return on investment. You want to be, you know, optimizing, um, you know, what you do for clients. Uh, I've played, I played every role in product from, you know, from product owner, associate to, to uh, head of product, CPO. Uh, and I've played multiple hats at the same time as well. So, you know, mm. often at the beginning, just because uh, we, we needed the validation, we needed the traction, we needed organic growth, we needed a couple of runs on the board. Um, product management is hard enough as it is as a, as a single role. I've played three uh, in, in a single at a single client that absolutely needed it. You know, you sort of, mm. you make your own bed, you're good at what you do. You, you, you sort of like, hey, can you also help out this team? Can you also help out this team? Now, our calendars are normally filled with one role. I, that's where I very quickly learned the unimportance of meetings. Mm, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, like I was forty Before hours from actual work. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's a that's a good point. Uh, two more questions. What is the the one trend you think product people should pursue in the next year? Uh, it has to be uh, AI. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, you know, understanding large language models, understanding machine learning, generative, uh, exploratory uh, data, understanding how use cases of the future will map to, you know, the, 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 the what you have today as a product. Um, yeah. Extremely, extremely important to continue on that path of innovation and learn the tools, the technology that's going to facilitate it. And right now, if you if you don't intimately understand AI, it's 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 going to very quickly become a problem. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And last question: uh, What's one thing you think you might tell your younger self, having now been through this journey? Yeah, uh, I mean, look from a product perspective, I would say focus on the practicality of what you do over the theory um, mm. you know at the beginning i thought it was about knowing how, what you know frameworks and reading the textbooks and learning the like the, the yeah the, the, the methods uh, often it's not you can be scrappy and still be extremely effective all you need to do is be disciplined and be um like a well, disciplined and like a have a uh, consistent that's what i was looking mm. for be, 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 be consistent be be disciplined um and really care about what you do it actually goes for any role if you care about what you do you're going to be you're going to be succeed yeah great okay well look we've covered a lot today we've covered culture we've covered uh performance we've covered frameworks we've talked about beer in nature so I want to thank you so much for your time today. I think oh, there's incredible learnings and takeaways that the audience can uh, can implement straight away. Awesome. So, uh, awesome. with thanks that, for the, thanks for the great questions. Um, look, yeah, you know, you 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 keep a good good conversation. Uh, really enjoyed it. Oh, great. Thanks, Manda. And to all our listeners, please make sure you jump on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, subscribe, and follow on LinkedIn. Thanks yeah. so much.